Hello, good people, wonderful people. Good morning this Wednesday. So glad to have you here. Thank you so much for being on this side with us. Thank you for the support and always being with us on our program. Um, so I'm your girl, Kate Walker, the host and founder of Redesigning Lives and the Redesigning Lives podcast. And again, Karibuni Sana to today's episode. Um, and today, like we had promised earlier, uh, we said we're going to be talking about the book Work Your Grace. And I'm so honored. I'm so privileged to be with me here. Uh, the author of Work Your Grace, CJ Atemo, the sage. Uh, he's a communicator, content creator, creative, a coach, and a consultant, among many others. So it's so it's 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 such an honor. It's incredibly an honor to have him here and to have firsthand experience, rich experience uh, that I'll have. I know. And you guys, be sure that you'll enjoy this to the end. So welcome to the program. And with me here is CJ Temo, and you can say hi, and then we proceed. Hey everybody, how are you doing? Hope you're all keeping well. Glad to be here on this podcast and this Wednesday morning. Yep, thank you. Um, so guys, um, the first uh, thing I'd actually love for him to tell us is exactly like really what's work your grace i mean uh i know at some point we actually discovered that i read the book yes and yes it's work your grace but really what do you mean by work your grace the book was picked from um, a story in the bible and that was about isau who -hmm. had lost everything Uh, apparently he lost the blessing he lost the birthright and uh when he came back crying to his father about it, his father said, I've already blessed your brother, so there's nothing else I could give you. But uh, because you have asked for this fervently, I'm going to make a provision for you. So that provision is what we call grace because it was not deserved. It was not legal. It wasn't something that he could earn. It was just the father looking at him favorably. And that's what I call grace. That grace opened a door that we did not deserve. And uh, his father said that even though I've made your brother to be the ruler over you, in the day that you get tired, you will break his yoke from off your neck and then you shall be able to, you know, just live by your sword. He says, by your sword shall you live. And I looked at it and said, everything was taken away from him, but this very little thing. So there was a little provision that was given to him. So the window is of grace, but then there's just one word that he was given, which was, in the day you get tired, you shall break the yoke from off your neck and you shall live by your sword. Now, the sword from the Bible uh, represents the word. And so I looked at a man who was given an opportunity of grace and say, work with it. That's why I called it work your grace. It's the little that you have been given when you don't think you have much. And then you've got to work away with that now. The whole story of Esau is a very interesting one because most of the times he's castigated for having lost the birthright and include the blessing as well, but mostly the birthright. But people never really give credit to him for going away with nothing, no blessing, no birthright, and coming back with a company of 400 people um, so blessed that he no longer needed what Jacob, his brother, had, healed from the pain of betrayal he no longer wanted to kill jacob he didn't even want an offering from him he said i have enough how did this man move from the place where he wanted to kill his brother for the birthright and the blessing to come back when they meet later on 
about nine chapters down the line in the scriptures and he no longer had any bitterness he was feeling satisfied and fulfilled i think that's a whole great story of somebody working his way by the little that he had so that's generally the story around working grace oh wow amazing um actually no i think i've actually gotten to understand it better as grace being provision i love that aspect and it's interesting because we sometimes forget or rather we overlook or even maybe we no, we are not aware of the things that God has provided unto us so we don't get to use them and to work them out like we've been told and actually that takes me to my next question which I'm going to read um, from his book the first part and this is what it says um, it's easy to think that if we had more of anything we will automatically do more or become better. This kind of thinking has made a lot of people stagnate at the point of hoping for a better deal, endowment, opportunity, future, or even resource level. Inadvertently sub- suspending or ultimately killing their dreams. Sorry. So um, with this, um, like he said, uh, we have things, we've been given stuff, but we don't acknowledge them, we don't use them, and we don't put them into what it was intended for it to do so i'd actually love for him to help us see how learn or rather to help us see how we can you know use the things that we have instead of actually waiting for more or waiting for when things will get better so how can you talk to us about this first part of the book the introduction you, you see why why i say that most people are held back uh, actually there's this interesting part of psychology where the people who have less normally do more mm-hmm. and the people who have more to work with do less yeah. and uh, even from the point of intellect mm-hmm. people who are more intellectually endowed will do less because they become very analytical and critical of the things that they need to do yeah. so their cognitive senses are very high so mm-hmm. when they're doing something they can tell this is not excellent so they will wait for the point where it is excellent. Mm-hmm. While on the other side, the person who does not have high intellect does not have the ability to analyze something and think that it is not excellent. Mm-hmm. So for them, their standards are low. Mm-hmm. So they're very, they easily then work with low standards mm-hmm. because they do not know that it's a low standard. Mm-hmm. So what that gives them is high confidence that mm-hmm. they can start with anything and go with it and then keep on improving as they go because they do not have the fear or the shame of not having high levels or high standards. Mm-hmm. Whereas the one with a high intellect will have great and a high level of analytical ability and critical ability. And so he will keep on feeling that this thing has not gotten to the place where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so you find that those who have less, but they have a high analytical ability mm-hmm. will wait for more because there's a way they want to produce their work. Mm-hmm. But we all have to understand that uh, success, as I said, is a journey. Yeah. And the greatest thing in your life is not where you are, at, but how much progress you're making. Yeah. So understanding the process and the beauty of progress mm-hmm. unlocks you from the place of wanting to attain things because no matter how well you have done, you'll always feel like there's something else to be done. Mm-hmm. There'll always be an improvement. There'll always be the next level. There'll always be the next barrier, the next frontier. Mm-hmm. There'll always be the next territory to take. So you've got to learn how to enjoy the process of growth, yeah. which is starting from wherever you are, mm-hmm. moving towards perfection and growing within it. Mm-hmm. 
and learning everything that you need to learn within the process mm-hmm. so that when you have like a man who in the bible had one talent mm-hmm. you do not tell yourself that one talent is not good enough yeah. because there are people who are using one talent to do a lot of things yeah. so every time you have something don't compare yourself to what somebody else has received if mm-hmm. you have one talent the other one has two the other one has five mm-hmm. don't wish you had five right. what can you do with your one talent yeah. eventually you are judged for effectiveness mm-hmm. and faithfulness not what wow. you had but wow. how you used what you have mm-hmm. so if i'm able to use one talent mm-hmm. to produce five or two other talents then i have done a great work yeah. and so you will see even from a scriptural perspective mm-hmm. that the one who for example had two talents he mm-hmm. was told the same thing as the one who had five talents it wasn't yeah. that the one who had five talents was told well done good and faithful servant and then the one who had two talents was told well done servant mm-hmm. both of them had the same commendation because yeah. what was being looked at was their effectiveness their efficiency and their faithfulness which then brings mm-hmm. out the element of productivity all right so a lot of us never start because we think that we need more so yeah. if you are somebody why haven't you started your business you've got a business idea why haven't you started mm-hmm. they will tell you i don't have capital or i don't have enough capital mm-hmm. you will ask somebody why haven't you started your project and they'll always talk about what they don't have but mm-hmm. do you ever consider what you have Right. Do you ever look at where you are at and ask yourself what do I have in my hand and what can I do with what I have? Yeah. That's the kind of thinking that causes people to have progress. Mm-hmm. Any thinking that makes you feel you don't have enough will always paralyze you. Wow. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Such gems you're throwing right here. Um I'd love to ask a question out of the book. Um so what do you think is one of those things that really especially I know we in this uh, rather in this era people are discovering a lot of things there's so much out there for us to learn so much for us to use to upscale reskill and all that so what do you think is one of the major hindrances to us using what we have i think it's also sometimes uh, okay well there's the first element which is just fear oh yeah um sure. it's just fear <laughs> that people are mm-hmm. afraid um and uh, the element of second guessing themselves yeah. and feeling that you know what i have is not enough to do what i want yeah which brings me to the other part of the you know the affirmation uh def- affirmation dependency because mm-hmm. we mostly do things to get affirmation and validation from people yeah. you want to put up a photo and see how many people will like it you want to have a caption and see it trend. Uh, you want to do things and see how people will react. Yeah. If they don't react then you feel that it wasn't impactful. True. So there is an addiction to affirmation mm-hmm. and probably because there's an affirmation deficiency. So oh. that then makes people not do things that they need to do because they're not sure okay. that if they do it they will get the kind of results that they want. Mm-hmm. So they will wait for the day they feel they will do it very well mm-hmm. and do something big that will cause people to talk about it. So uh they want to have big weddings, mm-hmm. no problem go ahead and have them. They <laughs> yeah. want to start a business that mm-hmm. you know will take off right from the day one. Yeah. Um they want to do something that will be the talk of the town. That really holds people. So mm-hmm. the fear is actually a, is actually tied mm-hmm. to the addiction to affirmation. All right. That people are afraid that they will not get the positive 
positive result and response yeah. that they desire. Mm-hmm. But also, there's a the thing of um, too much information, yeah. which uh, brings <laughs> what is called in certain circles um, analysis paralysis, mm-hmm. which is that when you have too much info and then you analyze things a lot, you never get to move forward. Because yeah. you keep on seeing loopholes, mm-hmm. you keep on seeing areas of improvement, you mm-hmm. keep on seeing what needs to be done, what you don't have, yeah. and the desire for perfection then mm-hmm. paralyzes you. Mm-hmm. And you'll keep on feeling like you need to wait until you have everything in order. Yeah. And you will never get there. Sure. You will never get there. Mm-hmm. So that also keeps people from doing anything because yeah. they are paralyzed there's too much info mm-hmm. uh, so that they cannot use any of that information to make progress or get into anything that they would want to do mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i resonate with that one a lot especially that part of information because i'm one person who gathers and gathers and gathers but then when it comes to using what i know uh, that's where we draw the line so <laughs> that's work over there that's a challenge accepted over there and uh just to take us uh through i think now this i really love the i don't know if i should call it a tagline moving mm. from pain to purpose i don't mm. know what i should call that but i call it a tagline and i really love that thing moving from pain to purpose because there's so many times we feel like we've gone through stuff a lot of issues family work uh, relationships finances you know there's pain all around it's pain all around so sometimes you feel like this pain is too much for me to bear i don't think i can do anything i don't think i can move forward i don't think i can put myself out there again and try something else you know and also maybe there's pain that comes from you've done something it has failed and then you feel like i'm done with this thing i'm totally done so the book is actually talking about moving from pain to purpose just like he explained the issue of iso and jacob at the beginning so I'd love to hear and for us to know how actually do we do this? How do you move from pain to purpose? Well, you know, um, pain normally comes to hinder you from pursuing and fulfilling purpose. Okay. Uh, and most of the time you will be hurt in the thing that you were called to do wow. um, <laughs> so that it will stop you. Wow. You do not put barriers inside the house. You put barriers on the road. Uh-huh. And that is to uh, either slow you down or stop you from going to a certain destination. Mm-hmm. Whenever, for example, there would be chaos mm-hmm. and you've got the policemen coming, they come to the streets and then they will block the roads. They don't come into your house to stop you from leaving the house. Yeah. They block the roads. Mm-hmm. And that's how you've got to understand that that's how pain operates. Pain okay. positions itself on your path. Wow. It is. It doesn't come into your place of comfort all right it comes into your place of pursuit and purpose Mm -hmm. and so anytime you see that pain you've got to know even pain has a purpose wow all right pain has a purpose Mm -hmm. now if pain has a purpose and pain is fulfilling the purpose Mm -hmm. why would you stop fulfilling your purpose because pain was fulfilling its own purpose wow (laughs) and its purpose was to stop you from fulfilling and pursuing your own purpose so if you stop there then pain wins wow so you've got to understand that it's a it's it's a battle between your purpose and yeah. the purpose of the pain. Mm-hmm. And you have to be stronger mm-hmm. than that pain. So you've got All to right. tell yourself, this thing came to me. It mm-hmm. wasn't just coming to hurt me. All See, right. we, we focus on the fact that you are hurt. True. But why was it hurting you? Yeah. That's what you need to be asking yourself. Why was it hurting you? Mm-hmm. We focus a lot on how we feel. 
But we don't focus on why that thing made us feel the way we feel. Mm-hmm. It hurts you so that you stop doing what you're doing. All right. The pain has a purpose. Mm-hmm. So somebody will break your heart. But <laughs> why did it happen? Uh-huh. It probably happened so that you stop believing in good. Mm. So that you don't trust people. You don't treat people well. Mm-hmm. You will have helped people along the line in life. And then they all turn against you or they're not appreciative. So what will you feel like doing to stop uh-huh. helping people? So whereas you're justified in thinking that I am hurt because all these people turned on me, what it has done, it has stopped you from helping people, which may be your purpose. Uh-huh. So the thing has fulfilled its purpose by causing you to focus on your feelings. Wow. So you've got to go above your pain and begin to ask yourself, mm-hmm. why am I doing what I'm doing? And if I'm going to do what I'm going to do, then I must overcome my pain. Now, the thing that helps you overcome that pain is mm-hmm. called passion. Wow. It is wow. passion wow. that causes you to go past pain. A mother All who right. delivers will probably tell you I'm not having any baby anymore. Mm-hmm. But then passion is mm-hmm. simply, in my definition and for uh, a working definition, mm-hmm. passion is simply the love for something okay. laced with pain. There cannot be wow. passion where there's no pain. It's it's wow. the love for something laced with pain. Mm-hmm. So that there is such a drive right. that pushes you towards that thing in spite of obstacles, in spite of hindrances, mm-hmm. in spite of negativity, right. in spite of all oscillations of life. So okay. you were able to go to it. So that's mm-hmm. what then wakes you up to mm-hmm. go into something that hurt you wakes you up to go into a job where you're not being treated very well okay. currently but then you probably you love what you do yeah or you have found function yeah. in the place of work so mm-hmm. i can go to an office and remember why i'm there and mm-hmm. forget what is happening to me okay. that's what passion is mm-hmm. so if i'm going to the hospital i work in a hospital and i remember that i am there to save lives mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't matter whether my colleagues like me or not, because uh-huh. I'm not there for them. Yeah. I'm there for a purpose. My purpose is defined. Mm-hmm. I am there to save lives. Mm-hmm. So I will go to save the lives regardless of how I am treated by the people who are around me. All right. Most times we mm-hmm. are stopped by pain because we forget why we do what we yeah, do. Right. So you begin to focus on what is happening to yeah. you. Nobody can fulfill purpose by looking at themselves too much. All right purpose is outwardly expressed and lived so you have to look beyond you Mm -hmm. look ahead of you Mm -hmm. and sometimes look above you to fulfill the purpose if you center or focus on yourself Mm -hmm. you will not fulfill it wow (laughs) interesting look beyond you above you look uh away from the things that are happening and i actually love this because uh i found myself here this year uh, at some point uh, where I felt like I was losing my way, you know, I felt like I was forgetting my why. And I had to tell myself, uh, Kate, go back to the reason why you are doing the things you're doing and be faithful. So I actually even had to write a note and put it and stick it on my wall, like be faithful, forget about all these things. And that is actually what we were talking about when you did the episode of shift your focus, like forget about the things that are happening around and focus on the call like be faithful to that thing to the end and there's a part he's written in the book uh, let me read that out again um 
so it says um knowing what you have and knowing what to do with it is a gift in itself and then uh, uh moving down a bit um the next level after knowing what you have and knowing what to do with it is know where to apply your gifts and abilities so how do we get to this place of knowing what we have uh, i know actually this question of purpose has been there for years and years everyone is like what is my purpose how do i know my purpose what do i do to know my purpose so what do you think what is one way of people knowing what they have the things they have the gifts they have and how are they going to just use them you know i think knowing what you have and then knowing your purpose are two different things oh, altogether all right. because what you have is supposed to help you to fulfill your purpose okay uh your gifts and your abilities mm-hmm. are endowments for you to fulfill your purpose so that's a whole different thing okay. purpose is what you are supposed to do mm-hmm. and then your gifts are the tools mm-hmm. and the equipment that you have to do that so okay. for example if i'm a builder then mm-hmm. i'm going to have equipment for building and the tools and those are your gifts and those are your abilities all right uh, so most people generally would know their gifts it's only that they do not know what they can do with their gifts okay uh, because you would you would know that from things that you naturally express mm-hmm. so you find somebody easily gets people with the gift of uh with the gift of the pen when they mm-hmm. write everybody wants to read there are okay. people who just know they're good they'll do hair and everybody will be like wow i really love how you do it and probably they're not pursuing it as uh, an income generating thing mm-hmm. but they do it with ease for some people it will be um, music for some people yeah. it will be how they relate with people for some people it will be their hospitality yeah it's just things that come very naturally yeah. that's a gift you didn't work to earn it it's not a skill that you learned mm-hmm. it's a gift a gift is something that you have not bought you have not earned you have not paid for you right. did not even probably deserve that's a gift it's just there you okay. just found yourself with it that's mm-hmm. what a gift is anything that you have learned by education by instruction or something that's mm-hmm. a skill mm-hmm. but whatever you just naturally flow in mm-hmm. that's your gift but you can always add skill to your gift all right uh, so you can have natural gifts in something and then you begin to train yourself to become mm-hmm. better at stewardship okay. so that you have added skill to your mm-hmm. gift and then that is supposed to help you now fulfill purpose so the thing is that you you will mostly be asking yourself so what do i do with what i have okay but then when you look around you you will see the gaps that your gifts or your skills are able to fill all right so if i am good with people and mobilization and i'm looking at the people mm-hmm. i have to be at some level i have to be problem conscious at some right. level mm-hmm. before i become solution conscious because you cannot produce mm-hmm. solutions where there are no problems yeah <laughs> so i will ask myself mm-hmm. what is lacking in this place okay so if i feel like there's unemployment or people are bound in drugs or something people are giving up they're despondent um mm-hmm. people do not have self-esteem they do not have self-belief or something mm-hmm. i've identified a problem mm-hmm. but then i ask myself what do i have Okay. Then I look at what I have and I say maybe I have speaking skills. Then mm-hmm. I ask myself how can I use this to improve this? Right. So I say well, what these people need mm-hmm. is motivation. Okay. They just need some motivation and they will get better. Mm-hmm. So I'll say since I have speaking skills, I don't have money to give them, I don't have jobs to give them, mm-hmm. I'm going to be putting them in some place and speaking to them and motivating them that they can do well. Okay. So I then begin to apply the gift that I have to solve a problem. All right. 
that's okay. how you work around it okay. i may not be able to solve everything yeah. but i'm playing my part yeah. and then through that motivation as we keep on building, you'll find that other gifts are attracted mm -hmm. to that dream. So you find somebody else will come in and find uh, that you are gathering 20 to 30 young people who are giving up and now they have the energy. Mm -hmm. And then this person now comes in and they say, we actually have opportunities that we can give some of you. Right. This is how then gifts begin to work together. Because mm -hmm. again, uh, you are never supposed to fulfill purpose in isolation. Mm -hmm. uh, your purpose always connects with another person's purpose and another person's purpose yeah. to connect and fulfill a greater and a general purpose. Right. So you will find then that somebody comes in and says, we have some opportunities for some people. So if we can get some of these guys mm -hmm. getting on and another one will come in and say, we can do this as well with these people. Yeah. Then you begin to uh, coalesce some energies mm -hmm. together. Okay. eventually you find that there are problems being solved okay. and the purpose is being fulfilled for change. Mm -hmm. So you always must believe that what you have can do something. All right. Several years ago, mm -hmm. so many years ago, I would look around and say, you know, many of us did not grow up in mentorship with, uh, in manhood mm -hmm. and in masculinity. Our fathers were absent. Uh, our neighbor's fathers were absent. Nobody focused on who the man was or the boy child was, mm -hmm. as people would refer to them. Mm -hmm. And even growing up within the circles of church, I realized that there were a lot of um, male, sorry, women's conferences, yeah. but nobody was focusing on the men. And so one time I just had this conversation with God and I had, you know, we keep healing the women and sending them back to the broken men who break them. Sure. So you'll bring them to this women's conference. They will be so excited, yeah. healed of emotions, and then they go back and then they meet the very same broken foundation which breaks yeah. them down. And the man has no idea that he's the reason he's, that this woman keeps on getting broken because <laughs> according to him, he's just fine. Yeah. But then the woman has certain expectations and desires and proclivities that are not being met. So the man right. will either passively or actively break this woman. Mm -hmm. I said, then let's fix the foundation. Yeah. So we started having meetings. I started having meetings with men, uh, produce something that's called Monday, uh, and, and started doing that with very few men. Mm -hmm. And that thing has grown. I mean, it grew into the place of uh, us getting into mass media, grew into, you know, writing a book and those kind of stuff. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I believed that what I had yeah. could help solve a problem somewhere. Sure. So that's how we need to keep thinking. Okay. You can begin and you can solve the problem somewhere. Now, some of the people that I mentored are mm -hmm. now running men's ministries everywhere. So if I never started, the seed would never have been planted. Yeah. So I see a lot of them doing that. So what's mm -hmm. happening is that seed has germinated. So there is a whole group of people who are running with the same thing, yeah. which is a good thing because yeah. now the conversations are being held everywhere. Yeah. Different people are having all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So there is that coming to the fore. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> now, while he was speaking, I remember there's a part. He's actually talked about that in the book. So allow me to read that out again. Uh, so he says, there are things that you will do so naturally that they never seem to be precious in your own eyes. Our day-to-day -day activities are laden with such numerous and diverse expressions of gifting and abilities that if we were keen enough to notice, we'd take advantage of and become extremely successful. Yo, all right, your day-to-day -day things. Don't ignore those small, small things. And now to the last question uh, before we let him go. Um, 
let me ask him this uh, what if you knew that there was better and greater ahead of you what would you do differently well the thing is that you see most people settle too quickly yeah they settle too quickly so <laughs> yeah. their decisions Again, I like to say that uh, most people have a fear default decision-making system, mm -hmm. which is their decision-making system is based on fear. Wow. And so they never believe there is better. So they want to hold on to what they have at this particular point. Mm -hmm. It's easier to hoard and hold than to challenge themselves and grow and experience. True, true. So... The fear then of the unknown yeah. makes them make certain kind of decisions. Like, I'd rather have a bird in hand than two in the bush. Mm -hmm. But then, if you keep on thinking about a bird in hand is worth two in the bush, mm -hmm. you'll never experience the bush. Yeah, There are experiences that you have in the bush. Um, you go in there, the intrigues of uh, pursuing the birds in there. Mm -hmm. uh, the intricacies of trying to lay a trap and throwing your stone and using your sling. Mm -hmm. There are certain joys that come through that with the pains as well, of course, that you might meet some danger in the bush or you might be scratched by a thorn and something yeah. that is very fulfilling that you went in pursuit mm -hmm. of something. So most of us will not pursue anything because we're not sure there's better. Yeah. If we were sure, then we probably would break the fear and move. Sure. So the... The thing of, if I knew that there was better, how would I go? Mm -hmm. If I was sure that if I put my money into a business I'm going to earn, mm -hmm. what will I do? I will not hold back. So I will probably put in 100% right. of whatever I have. I'd be willing probably to sell what I have, yeah. put in the money because I am sure of the outcome. Yeah. So most of the things that we don't do are based on the fear of not knowing the outcome. Yeah. But when we are sure that the future will be better or there's greater ahead or something, mm -hmm. we probably will, with ease, let go of the present. True, true, true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> wow, okay. So guys, thank you so much for being here. That's all we've had for today. And if you didn't have your notebook, it's always a learning moment for me anytime I get to to, be, to listen to CJ Temo. So if you didn't have your notebook, uh, you can just go back press start again listen to this as you write your notes because those are gems right there thank you so much cj atemo the sage for honoring our invite and for doing this for us we say thank you we appreciate you and guys just like we normally do uh share this link with your friends with your loved ones be a blessing you know sharing is caring you know that tag yeah <laughs> sharing is caring so just share this out and yep I'm wishing you guys a lovely week ahead, a good time ahead, and let's see you again next week on another episode, and we're going to be doing another book next week. All right, that's it for today. Cheers. Have a good one.